and welcome to Anne Steve Talk Stuff. We've been on a little holiday, but we are back. How are you, Stephen? I'm very well, Anne. How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I know I was actually on holidays, um, but were you? Not especially. So I, I just took a week off from all the meetings. So I typically have six to eight hours of meetings a day. Okay. So, uh, and then just in between that, I'm just trying to write things. So what I did was I said, could everybody just not have a meeting with me in it this week? Mm-hmm. Um, and I managed four days with no meetings, which was pretty awesome. Great. Um, and I, uh, I read, I read a couple of books and I slept, um, and pretty much people left me alone, which was cool. Fantastic. And, um, yeah. And then for this week, that was two weeks ago. And then the week, then the, I'm sure you have this too. You know, when you're like right before you go to a hol- go up to a holiday, you're super productive. And then right afterwards, you're super productive. So that sort of happened. And oh, then good. this week, uh, my wife and my kids went off camping <gasps> um, without me because oh. I do not camp. It is not a thing. Yeah. I have camped in the past and it was terrible. And I don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. <laughs> So I've had a kind of a free house um, for oh. a couple of days, which has been pretty great. Have the lads been over with cans? Uh, the lads have been over with cans. <laughs> yes, they and the decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually went to a pub and had a burger, uh, a, a mate of mine, and um, we just went literally to, the, to just a substantial meal for more than nine euros. Yes. Just down the road and um, had a single pint and a burger. And it was, it was actually perfect. It was lovely. I actually can't, I can't believe what a stereotype I am, but I, I really did just deeply enjoy Pint Guinness. It was great. Well, you have to face it. You are a target market. And That's fair. You just have to accept it. <laughs> and look, we also, I did promise, we've been promising each other to do that sometime. So let's get oh, yes. on that. And Let's and get on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, as I said, it's been a little while since we've talked stuff. I did go camping. Awesome. By choice yes. and loved it because I think if you were got when you were young, you were brought camping, you'd positive experiences. It just, you're up for it. But I think if it's introduced to you in adulthood, it's just like, ah. Yeah. No. My kids, my kids love camping. Like they actively look forward to it. They, they plan for it. They buy things related to it. Mm. They're, um, they're all sleep deprived and very, very happy. Yeah. Happy kids. Um, they're being lobbed in the shower at the moment or i mean they could, you could dip them like sheep at this point <laughs> yeah they're, but they're absolutely fine that they'd really love it um oh. my only experience of camping has been in fairly harsh circumstances so in sort of the outback in australia um, oh God. with sort of 30 degrees heat mosquitoes flies snakes that kind of stuff loads not, of things that yeah. could kill you at every yeah yeah so um yeah it, it was all like you 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 weren't going to experience what we experienced if no. you didn't camp so i i put up, i put up with it but really really <laughs> no okay i had a lovely um i think big families in ireland camping is obviously a very reasonable yeah. travel and we um in the early 90s, um, I remember more than words was out on the radio um, on repeat. And we just had this little transistor radio uh, made by Hitachi with a mono, not even a stereo, it was a mono speaker and um, very hipster. And 
that was there and we camped in a place called Ross Bay which is near Glen Bay down in Kerry and okay. all you do is run around sand dunes and and swim and then play cards and eat spaghetti hoops or whatever it was easy to cook and for weeks like for weeks that's what we did so um yeah it was very lovely and perfect for young Irish person who did the, we went camping in France and like there's like little allotments and a pool and a shop and I'm like this isn't camping this is luxury <laughs> it's like an old woman you know this is luxury <laughs> so very different de- definition as to what we have yeah. and the funny thing is that campsite that we stayed in my first time camping abroad was in a place called the Bois de Boulogne beautifully pronounced a big park right in the center of Paris. Okay. I was thinking, gee, imagine like the Phoenix Park or the People's Park had a campsite. You know, it, that's what it was. Basically, you could that's camp. That's really in, interesting. You camp in the city center. So, yeah. Something to think about. Wonder could you do that in Limerick? Well, you know, mm-hmm. we do have a very nice. Uh, we do have a very nice park. But yeah. um, anyway, I I do digress to a point. But it is related. It is. It related. is definitely related. Because today we are talking about the origin of the vacation. Yes. So the idea of, um, we, I think we talked a little bit in a previous podcast about weekends. Yes. And how the weekend is a very modern notion that was brought to us by the union movement in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and the vacation is, is, is very tightly aligned to that. Now, people have always traveled Right. So you can like essentially the major works of history, uh, particularly things like Herodotus, they're essentially travel guides, travel diaries. So I what, went was that, here, what was that thing you just said? Her, 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 Herodotus, the histories. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. The first ma- the, like these are basically travel guides. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about them, they're, they're, they're what they're, what they're, they're sort of adventures. They're the adventures of people, um, who are having a much a very different life to you? So, so that's I mean that's two two and a half thousand years years ago, right? So, mm. very different to now. What I'm talking about is far closer to the um, I'm talking about is far closer to the idea of uh, mass vacationing. It's the idea of the average person, not a rich person or an exceptional person, but the average person just deciding to take time and not work and go go somewhere. That notion. So it comes from two different places and spurred by two different reasons. The first place it comes from, the the idea of vacation uh, comes from uh, the 1820s and the 1840s in the US. And the idea was the upper middle classes going somewhere to summer. Mm-hmm. Right, so they would go somewhere. These are very wealthy people, or or quite wealthy people, but they would go somewhere that was not their house to be together, in yeah. order to keep doing their thing. So, so we we um we typically think about this as um the kind of mass migration era. So this is the era when the people are staking out gold claims and stuff like this. Um, but that that frontier era, which you know, if you watch Deadwood or anything like that. That's the that's the world. Okay. Um, the frontier, or if you played Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, same thing. I, I've it, heard I've heard about it. I'm yeah, sure it's, it's great. It's a it's a, I I've never played it. I've watched I've watched uh, people play it, and it looks fun. But it's that world. <laughs> but behind yeah. that world was a very uh, elaborate city system. So um, people who lived in the cities 
um, they, when they were reached a certain level of income, they could travel. Um, and the second key thing, so, so you had leisure time, you had a sufficient surplus of money and you had leisure time, these two mm-hmm. things. But what you didn't have was anywhere to go and anywhere to, uh, anywhere to bring you there. So okay. this is the second big thing, uh, which is mass transport. So trains uh, and roads, but more, more, more likely the trains. So you start seeing um, religious congregations in the US and the UK bringing their followers away for kind of big, uh, uh, big um, events, you know, um, and <clears throat> these, these, these become these kind of camp sites. Jesus camp. Jesus camp. I know. I, I, I went to some Jesus camps in my time. Did you? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I've never been to a Jesus camp. What it's, well, is, it, is it basically like every other camp? Yeah. I mean, it's generally fun, you know, yeah. and it's gathering and it's a lot of young people and there's loads of shifting and all that kind of stuff, you know. But shifting. it's, you know, well, it's not meant to be, but uh, oh, gee, right. I, ne- I never saw any of that, but it, it happened. <laughs> but yes, I heard. Like, my friend told me. Somebody told me. No, oh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, but obviously then there's big joyful prayer gatherings and singing and like it's a lot of fun it's it's yeah. good crack actually one was called camp jesus so just in, inverted it you know literally camp jesus camp jesus wow. yeah yeah back in back in the day another life <laughs> last year when i was the camp <laughs> <laughs> go on when you when you uh, when you were there, like were you were you were you kind of enjoying it? Ironically, was it something like you were just kind of dragged along to? Was it something where you were participating enthusiastically? Because it strikes me that you could be there, going, "I am just I'm a conscript to this sure. process," or I'm a literally a convert to this process. You know, you could really dig but it. I'm sure there were people. But when it's what you know. Levels. Like when it's what you know, when it's what you've yeah. been introduced to since you're a kid, it's just, uh, it's, it's good fun. And you meet people, you know, again, yeah. just a place where uh, you meet the same people. So, oh no, I was in, I was, I was part of the gang. Definitely. Um, cool. No irony or sarcasm, <laughs> but I'm sure there were plenty who did. Anyway, sorry, back to the original Camp Jesus or Jesus Camp back in the day. Yeah, so so these ideas of 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 um, basically mass movements of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in order to have a mass movement of people, you have to have railroads, and these kind of resorts um, they 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 uh, they basically grow around the idea of regular movements of people. So so places you might have heard of like Martha's Vineyard, yeah, in America, right? Very wealthy place, super yeah. wealthy now. Um, Cape Cod, these kind of like they're 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 understood as resort towns. Yeah, yeah. Know? Um, and the idea is always, and I mean always, uh, that you move down, you enjoy yourself, you set up kind of uh, camp, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you set up for the summer, yeah. you know, and then when the summer's over, you go back. And that's where this idea of using the word summer as a verb comes from. Mm-hmm. So where do you summer? Oh, I summer in Martha's Vineyard. It's that idea. Um, yeah. and it's, I think it's in, in America, you know, it's, 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 it's a very interesting place um, 
for lots of reasons, but this in particular. And of course, what you, what you find, and this is not, um, by the way, it's not a particularly Western phenomenon. There have been mass movements of people for these religious reasons for thousands of years. Yeah. Uh, uh, and certainly m multiple hundreds of years, uh, thinking, you know, particu particularly of um, religious movements in, in Southeast Asia and of course in the Middle East. But the idea of, of, of consumerism, that yeah. you would simply go somewhere and consume ice creams and, and, and hula hoops, uh, um, you know, just to do that. That's a 19th century idea. Yeah. Um, and what it does is it enables the economy of seasonality. So before this, basically, these places are fishing villages, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Because they're by the sea. But after that, they become places that are fishing villages for like nine months of the year. And then three months of the year, it all goes completely crazy when it's, it's just completely sw swole with 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 the uh, season. It's their season. It's where they make most of their. It's their season. Yeah, so you can money. go to Lahinch in November, uh, and it's there won't be that many people around. It's if much you go nicer there now. <laughs> you're going to be stuck in a in a in a in a um, traffic jam for, you know, several hours. Yeah, it's 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 funny because I. I'm, there was there was some stuff we you sent on to me around this and that idea of vacating you know like even the term to vacate to schools vacate. to vacate your home and it's funny because i was thinking in in ireland we call it holidays you know like it's holy days yeah. of course yeah. back to camp jesus but exactly. um exactly. you know even the term like vacation is such a specifically kind of um, it's quite an American term, really. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the idea that you would vacate, you mm -hmm. would leave a place, and then you would set up every... I mean, I think it's important that in the original sort of conceptions of this, you're bringing a lot of your stuff with you. Okay, right? okay. Right? You're, the kitchen sink? You're, you're dragging it all with you, you know? Um you know, there are these brilliant pictures. I have a book of them. I have a book about the history of the holiday here somewhere. Oh, cool. There's, there's, a, there's, a br there's these brilliant pictures. Do you, do you remember the show, The Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah. So do you know the bit at the start when they drive in their car? Yes. From wherever they were. And it's, it's just, you know, absolutely filled the top with stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. tables and chairs and cats and dogs and chicken coops and whatever that's that's sort of what they look like um and it's fantastic uh, yeah it's, it's also the birth of luggage so okay so again before this you know the idea of like going into going into a job where you would make a cabinet that could be moved around by other people opened and closed and only used for two weeks Wow. of the year or something that's kind of yeah. dumb right yeah yeah, nobody's yeah going anywhere right yeah. so so if you needed to leave you just grabbed it all and threw it in the, in in whatever receptacle you had the idea yeah. that you would have specific um mobile cloth bound cabinets yeah very strange if you think about it so yeah well, that's yeah of course i yeah. even camping gear itself is you know like i remember this joy that every year we'd accumulate more cool things like hanging yeah. shelves or, or a little cooking um, uh, kind of 
um, you like a utensil holder or whatever, or yeah. the cooker got more and more elaborate every year. And to the point you're like, it's kind of just feels like we're just setting up a little house. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's less, it got less and less wild as time went yeah. on. As you yeah. remind me there, because as I said, youngest of five, you know, whenever the Blakes were rocking up somewhere, it was a big vehicle pulling a trailer with a load of shite. <laughs> So you were basically the Beverly Hillbillies. That's what you're totally, saying. Totally, totally Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. I'm everything you're referring to. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> it me. It, it me. me. I'm everyone. It me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Yes, you're saying the idea of luggage and and are making things that are lighter that could be brought. You know. Yeah, that- yeah, yeah. And th- that becoming a business that somebody does. You know. Yeah. And these these companies they become really really successful in this period so we're talking the now we're talking like the late 19th early 20th centuries okay so these companies become super successful yeah. um because again they're, they're latching onto a rising tide um, yes so they you know and so you see things like um singer sewing machines the world's really the world's first multinational company um and um uh, the brand of luggage has gone out of my mind, but it will come back to me in a minute. Um, but like a famous brand that's available now, you know, has its origins in late 19th century, early 20th century. Right. And, and yeah. I suppose it's quite fun. It's mad because this is stuff we just take for granted. It's just so normal. And it's so like, well, that's the way things are. But the realization this is such a recent phenomenon that yeah. this whole, yeah. and I think we're feeling it really strongly at the moment with this whole, I mean, geez, the term staycation is so thick. Like, you're still going somewhere. Like, a staycation is in your house, and even then, it's not. You know, like, it's just this made-up term. Um, or someone said, like, what, what is a, what is a, like, you know, is it a car-cation? Or a, someone tried to say a, pa- a plane-cation, but maybe it's an avocation. You know, it's just <laughs> these random Okay, it's the era where we make up words a lot and our victory yeah. is teeming. But yeah, so Ireland is in this mad situation at the moment where for the most part, people are are staying and it's mm. really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to go anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. Um, and when you, when you think about, you know, travel, you, it's, it's interesting because we're because we're, we're all essentially products of the, the millions of messages that our brains have been sent. Yes. We think about travel. We typically don't think about travel around Ireland. Um, we think about sun holidays or escape to Greece or go to Australia or whatever, right? It's, a, it's quite a different thing. Um, that's, pro- that's probably because of the amount of sunlight we get, you know? Um, but it's not that there aren't absolutely gorgeous places in Ireland. There are. And what's really interesting is finding these people going, wow, there's a county called Clare. Yeah. It's lovely, isn't it? And you're going, yes, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been there a while. Like we didn't just add it, you know, last, ye- last week. But it, so that's been really interesting. People discovering, you know, other bits of, of, of this fabulous country. The, the other um, interesting thing is we're not really set up to um, bring our own in, you know, like, like, like we're no problem. The, 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 the tourist market is completely set up for, you know, um, uh, Americans and British people and, you know, and yeah. that's, 
fine. But the idea is it's from out, out, uh, inward bound tourists, right? The idea that you have an Irish person who would go and, you know, spend 200 quid on an Aaron sweater or something. Yes. You know, it's like, no, not going to do that. Well, actually, after Taylor Swift's album, uh, it's on her cover. She's in an Aaron sweater? She is, she's in an Aaron sweater. So um, last week we had two fiscal, fiscal stimuli. Uh, Pascal Donahue uh, gave 5 billion euros and Taylor Swift showed up in an Aaron jumper. We have yet to see whose stimulus is bigger. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one of these things. So I think, as I said, like when I was a kid, um, you know, we didn't, we were, well, there were different times and we didn't go abroad until, you know, a, a while later. And even yeah. then it wasn't my whole family. It was only, it was when some had grown up and were less inclined to go on family holidays. Um, but I, it's, it's a thing I felt as I've traveled, um, there's not that this is a fault to Ireland at or anything, but our beaches are kind of unrivaled. I mean, you can go places and the sun is beautiful and maybe the, you know, the beaches are, are beautiful, mm. but like the, the sand, you know, you've got about maybe 10 feet of sand and then you're at the shore and then yeah. you're at the shops or whatever, or you, you, or else you're into, to kind of grassland or, or whatever. Yeah. And what our beaches are just, not all of them, but they're vast and huge. Yeah and white sand and clear water and and when you get Ireland on a good day it, it's kind of you know the yeah. best place in the world but yeah. I remember years ago my brother and his wife were traveling in South America and somebody was like oh we'll take you to this beach it's amazing it's amazing and now I've never been to South America I'm sure they have amazing beaches but like they travel on two buses and you know something else to get there mm. and when they did they were like eh, yeah. okay it's, it's not grand. Really like <laughs> but you know what I mean like we are yeah. a little island with tons of beaches and like as I said I was in I was in Kerry on my holidays and it was just you get to a point where you're going along the coast in Kerry and it's all these headlands and inlets yeah. and bays and it's just obscene it's yeah. the it's beauty amazing. is just painful it's yeah. gorgeous but yeah. We, yeah and I think it's it's a nice thing for us certainly as a country to take stock and go this is great kind of like even during lockdown where the people's park in limerick became much more used because oh. everyone was everyone was around you know because okay. people people couldn't go beyond two kilometers or five kilometers but i digress because i do that's why you have me to digress but um yeah i think it, it ireland is a remarkably beautiful place but we don't have the weather so people if you want to be guaranteed a bit of sunshine, which you need in mm. your life, um, mm. we do tend to leave. Yeah. I think it's also that it's quite small, right? You know, I mean, ultimately it, it's a small country. You can spend an amazing two weeks in, in, in any part of Ireland. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, but it is always going to be a small country. Yes. Uh, but talk to anyone in any of the shops and probably five minutes probably five minutes afterwards you've realized you know somebody in common <laughs> um that's not necessarily true anywhere else you go yes um that is true that yeah is true. and so so i think we because it's a small place we tend to really want to leave it um but again we're we are we are deeply encouraged to do so right yeah. i mean there 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 are there there are two different um 
age, state agencies promoting tourism. One, pr one promotes domestic tourism and one promotes non-domestic tourism, but they're, in, they're, they're vastly different in their scope and their aims and their funding. Um, and a lot of the time when you, um, when you, when you think about a vacation or a holiday, you tend to think, would we just go over there, you know? Mm. And they're kind of, now there are well-worn paths. So I've got a friend and he just goes to the same resort in Portugal every year, himself and his wife and his two kids. And they love it. They're very mm. happy. Um, I, I, it's not for me, but they love it. They're, um, the, 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 uh, the, right now I, I should be in Australia. Oh. Yeah. Oh, if we were, we were going to go to Thailand for two weeks and then I was going to go teach in Australia. Oh God. So I, but the problem is stupidly, I didn't turn off all the calendar notification things. So oh. it keeps going, Hey, enjoy your stay at blah. And you're like, awesome. you know. and were you all going to go as a family? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh. We've always traveled like that. Um, I think I may have mentioned this before, but I took a decision a couple of years ago that any travel I did, I would always take the kids with me. Oh, cool. um, because then they get to see my life and and which like I think at one point I was a I think at one point I left Ireland twenty eight times in the year yeah um, academic work you you have to travel a lot mm, mm. no you had to travel a lot <laughs> now you got a thing called Zoom now you got Zoom you don't need that stuff <laughs> yeah um, yeah so you, so academic life is like that um, it was a lot of traveling um. And so we just decided, look, w w just say no to more stuff and, um, ju or, or just say yes. But can you like, is it okay if I bring my wife and my kids? And a lot of people go, eh, no, no, it's not okay. We kind yeah. of just really just want you to come and do your thing. And I will say, that's fine. No worries. I stay home. And then cool. the people who go, yeah, cool. Then I just bring them. So, um, I, we did a, I did a summer school in Berlin, uh, where family just came and just, hung out yeah this residential college in berlin and they got to see berlin i did the teaching and it was fine you know and, and not meaning to rub salt in the wound but where were you meant to go in thailand and where in australia all over thailand and okay. australia just to melbourne okay well if it's any comfort to you whatever the weather's like here it would be pretty shit in melbourne yeah this, this time of year yeah. if that's any comfort it it's it winter that. there and it's one of the wetter cities but it is it's super crappy in this time of the year um yeah but no, hey is, yeah <laughs> super crappy like thailand <laughs> but okay so they're kind of workations but um they are um well i've just made up another stupid word but so just going back to the say origin of all this because i said mm. this is what we just take for granted and i kind of feel entitled to and i think in a good way because it's a healthy yeah. work-life balance it's something certainly i was brought up with was take a holiday always my yeah. my dad thankfully was an academic like yourself so he was in a position in the summer to take to take holidays mm -hmm. and and we did but um i like that we went as a family but it was funny when i met jenny um the first year we were together, we went on a on holiday to France and she said, this is the first holiday I've taken in, you know, four, three or four years. And I said, well, if you're with me, darling, <laughs> you're going to take a holiday every year, wherever, in whatever shape or form. But just that sense of change of scene, just not be, 
looking at the same stuff you're always looking at, like away from responsibilities and that. But when did this become, I suppose, the norm? Or when, like as I said, it started off as a high class thing, but when did it kind of filter down? So the 1960s, air travel becomes uh, much more of a mass market commodity. Okay. Thanks to, so we're talking about like roads and railroads um, being available for people to go to places on, right? Yeah. And this required massive amounts of state investment um, and subsidization of the car companies, for example, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, which is still going on. So Tesla would, would be a giant, uh, would, would, get, would have gotten loads of subsidies from the US government, for example. Um, despite all the, the free market stuff that you might hear from people like Elon Musk, they're actually, they get far more subsidies than many people realize. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, really. They're, they're, it's not a bad thing. The, the government, the state should invest in new technologies. That's what it should do. And then the private sector should reap giant rewards from it. That's fine. And then pay the state taxes, which is the thing that doesn't happen as much. Sure. So, I just, yeah. I'm curious to hear that because I mean, I'm not against subsidies, but the the people who are the face of what you're talking about do not believe in an equal world so um i was just curious okay go on go on go on you were saying so the the the, the main thing then is air travel so air travel becomes a mass market thing and most air airlines are monopolies at this point they're basically you know you have ireland air which is Aer Lingus, you have british airways air france and so forth so they're basically every national airline um Every national, uh, every nationality has its own airline, and then then um, up they go. So again, it's still an elite occupation. Air travel is is still elite. Yes. Um, uh, but by the eighties, that stops, and then you, that's when you have the kind of package holidays. Right. That's when those start happening, and it's really interesting because mass market tourism. I have a colleague, um, Jim Deegan. He's a professor of tourism policy. And it's really interesting. So tourism is a is a mass market thing now. It's a giant industry. I think I think it's I think it's ten to twelve percent of all employees in the world work in tourism. It is the it is a huge service industry. What? It's massive, like absolutely okay. massive. So it's it's you're talking about hundreds of billions or even trillions of dollars um, every year. Lots of livelihoods. Um, you know, and then that's there, and then there's that seasonality. So we come back to that idea about seasonality, where there are jobs that are only exist at certain points in the year, right? Yes. Um, and lots of things start getting fitted around that seasonality. So, for example, um, you you will you will try really hard in America to have all of your tourism stuff done before Labor Day. Which is which is early in September. Okay, um, it's one of these days I never know when. Yeah. It's always referred to in movies. And I have no idea what day it yeah. is. And it's September. just it's just it it, it it should be called end of the holidays day. Okay. That, after that, everyone pretty much goes holidays are over. Back to work, everyone. It's a back you know, to work day. Is that kind sort of, of back to work day? Yeah. Rather yeah, yeah, than that's exactly the way to think about it. Because we always like to me Labor Day is whatever May Day. It's it's the day in. Like yeah. the Maybank holiday we got because exactly, we had a Labour yeah, government. Yeah. Okay, okay. Exactly. So this is quite, this is quite, uh, quite different. Um, and okay. yeah, it's, it's there. Uh, it's there to kind of stop everything. So um, the, the mass market tourism, which is what has just stopped, really, 
thanks to the thing that we don't mention on this podcast. Yeah, I've heard something about it, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's like a whole thing. Um, that is that is what has been interrupted. Um, and the m- most of the people on the pandemic unemployment payment are in accommodation, restaurants, tourism-related stuff. A lot of construction still, in fairness. Um, but, you know, essentially anything to do with retail and retail services, tourism, tourism services. Um, and then the question is, how long are they going to be like that Mm -hmm. um and then the other question is how many of them will survive right so these are i don't have i don't have any answers to that no one does um but but the 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 question is if it doesn't come back what should or could replace it right um because again mass market tourism highly polluting industry um there's lots of people who say you know uh, by orienting ourselves to tourists, we lose what is distinctive about ourselves. You know, it's very often a critique of urban development. So, you know, you just develop certain mm. parts of the city for rich tourists. You don't actually develop it for the people who live in it. You know, well, well I suppose it's kind of part of the housing crisis, isn't it? The whole yeah. Airbnb of things as opposed to sure. long term rentals. Yeah, there's, a, there's an argument that Airbnb, in fact, deeply restricts the supply of. Uh, housing um, mm. I, I've never been that convinced by that argument just because the numbers are too small okay you know now on a given night night maybe that that is what happens but it doesn't it, it, it's just not the, the, the numerator is too small and the denominator is too big well playing the know. whole my friend as opposed to your facts and numbers uh, <laughs> 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 like I know I, I just a friend was evicted uh, she's living in an apartment in Galway because um, the landlord pretty much said I'm going to Airbnb the shit out of this place and I need you really? gone and a friend of mine lives he works for Airbnb actually and he now lives in Berlin but there were you probably know this but there were protests um there were. because this was happening uh, apartment blocks were being bought up by landlords to for short-term airbnb rentals mm. and they changed the law um in germany that you can airbnb a room in your house but you cannot airbnb an entire property an entire thing and uh, and and that's had a really good effect on yeah on the housing issue there because people people can't live if everything is short-term rental you know of course yeah so that's my random my friend Sal told me and that against your actual um looking at the the numbers one thing that is definitely true right is if you have somebody who's just renting out a property constantly for airbnb there's there's two issues the first is are they paying tax because they're earning an income from this thing Second thing, and should they pay that through Airbnb or not? Second thing is um, they're providing us the same service effectively as a hotel, but yeah. they're not subject to any of the any of the regulatory overhead that the hotel is. You know, mm-hmm. their hotel has insurance and it has all these other services. It has to have a fire certificate. You know, there's there's a there's a safety concern with a lot of this stuff that is just being ignored. Now, maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's overblown. Maybe you don't need all that. Well, but, we did Airbnb room for a while, yeah. and we did have to. Ha- there was an insurance understanding mm. of, you know, that in the charge that you paid to Airbnb, and it's, and it's been a few years, but it was understood that if somebody wrecked your house or or anything happened, 
uh, or, you, or someone was unhappy or fell down your stairs, whatever, that there was something in that to, to cover. But no, but you're, you're, you're right. And we, we did it for a little while and then the taxing was kicking in and we said, look, we'll just rent our room instead because that is the rent room scheme is a thing. Yeah. But um, I do think... Be, right? Well, and to me, um, Airbnb was always a fascinating thing to use because the idea of staying in somebody else's life, you know, or being brought mm. in, like what we would do when people come and stay with us was we wouldn't be hanging out with them and, you know, being their best friend. Um, but, but we give them, I suppose, local knowledge and that they, they might get otherwise, you know, and sure. I, I, um, <laughs> I think I, we were talking about snuff in the last episode, I think, or, or a recent enough episode. And Sometimes it worked out that we would hang out and make friends with our, our guests, depending on how things went. And I remember we went up to, um, well, there's a little pub near me, which uh, Charlie Malone's, which is um, quite an, an infamous spot uh, for lots of good reasons. Um, but they sell snuff. Like, and uh, oh, yeah. this, this uh, young American woman was staying with us and it was mad. She, she, she some high powered job and, I don't know, her, her fella had cheated on her or whatever and she just walked out of her job and was just traveling the world and for, for her. like 10 months and she says, I know, I've got money and I can just walk back into a job like that and I'm like, God bless your confidence, fair play to you. And, and I yeah. went, I brought her for pints to, to Charlie's and, uh, and Snuff came up in conversation and we ended up getting stuff and she was just like, what is this? Um, what's my point? It was nice. What was lovely about that is I'd say she had a very uh, unique experience because she stayed in our house and I've done that where I've stayed in people's houses where I am in a room, but then I do get a bit of a local experience and that's sure. gone. Like Airbnb now is just a conglomerate. Like I've gone now, I've booked where I think I'm staying somewhere interesting and it's just a room in a house that other people are renting the other rooms, but no one lives there. And it's just like a weird hostel. Like it's, yeah, that's, that's not nice. And I mean, that's not true for everything. And I don't want to be caught on live or whatever. That just say my own experience that my friend told me, you know, like something I heard, you know, <laughs> and my own true experience. Maybe that's, maybe that's the next evolution of tourism though. You made, you said something very interesting, which is, you know, you see inside someone's life, you're like, Oh my God, the brand of toaster that they've purchased is, that's a fascinating brand of toaster. I shall have that to- toaster brand myself. Um, the reason I'm bringing up toasters is because that's exactly what we did. Um, really? Yeah. We, we went to uh, Sydney and we, we stayed in one of these Airbnb things. And, um, you know, we saw, you know, all the, all the things that you see in Sydney. And we found this t- the, the people in there had a toaster that you could just, you push a button and it like lowered the toast down. And then it was, it was, it was, we called it the space toaster. And, um, I, we even took a video of it. Like, like it was ridiculous. And then when we came back to Ireland, I went looking for the space toaster and they don't sell it here. Um, yeah. I'm not going to be defeated by that. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I no, have no, the no. internet. So <laughs> I found the man who sells the space toaster on the internet and I had him make me an, uh, an Irish compatible version. No way. Yeah, just so I can watch toast go up and down, which is which is which which is like that's I think you know uh, my admission that I am a global elite globalist. Okay. Who should be shot, you know, because that's first, that's first the kind to get of, 
ridiculous luxuriant shit you do as radiohead um, said when i am king you will be first against the wall so. yeah 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 but you're probably going to nick my toaster before you shoot me in fairness because it's a yeah. class toaster who but makes they, them uh do i don't know? remember uh i don't remember space man it's, it's it's it came from space and i don't know what you know <laughs> arriving a meteor <laughs> it's amazing no the, the 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 interesting thing about that about that is imagine like being a tourist in someone else's life Mm. you know like that's sort of what you're doing yeah it's a, it's a really weird so you can sort of imagine like a virtual reality thing or something like that right you know and it's it's, a, it's just a weird it's a weird thought well it's very it, interesting i've never thought about it like that but it's well, it, very it's, it is i mean i think that's where it started i mean Airbnb started um there was a conference in san francisco and there was an oversubscription to the hotels no one could stay there wasn't enough accommodation. And there's a bunch of lads who were like, imagine if everyone put an air mattress in their house, um, how many more people could stay and mm. or, or their spare room, whatever. And that's where the air comes from. Mm. Um, and and I, I always liked that. I, and certainly early days, um, I this friend of mine who, who now works for them, I'd go visit him in Dublin sometimes and he'd have guests and he'd be having making really interesting connections and and I met really interesting people in it. I, I remember one time it was raging. We we were checking someone in, but we were leaving. So we, she was going to be on her own. And she was in, from New York and she was doing a, um, she was traveling the world, writing for the New York um, Times. Cool. And, and researching dating. And I was like, she's basically Carrie Bradshaw. And she's in my house and I have to leave. And it's so lousy. And we were like, oh, we'll quickly tell you stuff. But we've no knowledge because we're married or we're, or we're engaged or whatever it was. At the time. But we'll find you single friends to hang out with and they'll tell you what's happening. And then I had this lovely story where, um, have you ever heard of a book called The Artist's Way? I, 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 I... It's, it's, remind me remind me what is it it's basically it's a book around creativity and you do it's a 12 week kind of process where you do certain exercises every week you do certain things every day and it's to help unlock creativity okay. and uh, it's, it's it's great and i've i've done it i've never finished it but i have written stuff as a result of doing it it's very helpful depending okay. on yourself but uh anyway I'll, i was i'll see if i can get a copy Oh, do and, and and part of the thing is writing in the morning. It's just a, it's thing called morning pages where you write for three pages. It's not necessarily um, anything you will use. It, you don't stop. You just keep going, and it's a kind of empty uh, the, the clean out the pipes in the morning, and it leads to a lot of relaxation, a lot of ease, a lot of more presence. It, it does a lot to be said. Maybe it's a separate podcast, but the story yeah. is. The, okay. sto the story is, uh, Julia Cameron is the, is the writer. She wrote in the 80s. She was doing a lot of, um, Cameron. Okay. She was doing a lot of uh, lectures on creativity and then she consolidated into a book. People get a bit crappy about it because she refers to creativity in a kind of divine sense, but it's not in a religious sense, but people get a bit, oh God, but it's not that. Anyway, point being. Muse and all that. Yeah. Uh, flow as what's his name? Blind boy would say. Um, but so these two girls were staying with us. They were on a journey around Ireland. They were German. And, uh, the, you know, in the morning, they were, I was doing my pages. And, they, and one of them was like, what are you doing? You know, and she was very interested. And I was like, oh, it's this book. But, and, you know, when someone looks at you and they're very, something's happened in their head, you know, and 
anyway, uh, time passed and I'd say, this is a terrible thing, I never kept this to my shame, but uh, like months later, possibly even a year later, we got a, a letter from, the, from this young woman okay. saying, uh, I went and bought that book that you were working with and um, I quit my job. I left my boyfriend and I've written my first novel. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It was just like, That's whoa. amazing. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Okay, less amazing for the boyfriend to be fair, but amazing mm, for everyone else. Yeah, wow. yeah. Sorry about the boyfriend, but I'm sure there was other issues, underlying issues that maybe came to the fore, whatever. That seems but fair. That seems fair. But anyway, that's oh my God. So, so if I've left my wife and kids after I buy this thing, well, you heard it here first. Folks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so this is like a bit of a, you know, kind of a car bomb of a book for your head, isn't it? Well, it's depending on where you are at in, in your life in fairness. So, Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, and it's all about your own process, your own internal. Yeah, stuff. that's fair. Um, that's fair. I'm going to, I'll buy it. So I have to do it as a course. Do I? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. All right. It'll make sense when you read it, uh, but you know, like anything, you use it in a way that works for you, you know? Sure. So it's about unlocking your own creativity as a human being, not like, yes, as an artist, it, it's aimed for artists, but with the view that whatever your background, whatever you're doing, we're all creative and this is a way to unlock it. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think a lot, oh, lots, yeah. of people are, lots of people are um, creative in different ways. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, particularly see myself as quite a, as a creative person but but uh i i i would um i know some people who are and uh, <laughs> i i um yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I look, go... I'll, I'll get it i'll get it it might make another oh. podcast be good crack do you know it's what it's 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 an interesting one and um like to me creativity is just part of being human it's a very basic thing it's yes it it's it, it manifests in professional art forms and that but being able to lecture, being able to think on your feet, being able to hold a room, that it's all about presence and playfulness, I would say. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Look, I'm going to give it a lash. I'm going to buy Two. it on Amazon now. Okay. And, uh, okay. I, I, will, I will give it a lash. Well, I, I'm, I'm checking the clock and we're probably coming up on wrapping up this yeah, episode. Um, and hopefully... Uh, we it, it's quite I'm going to take a moment just in case this we don't get time to do this but we have had a wonderful producer mm. Kian Reinhardt who has been the subject of much avocado focus due to his age um, he is a filthy millennial he's such a millennial but so we are, millennial. We, he's such a millennial he's actually going on his merry way and exploring life which I am delighted for him is moving to Madrid mm. and sadly though you know Madrid's gain is our loss so he has been wonderful to work with and he will be producing this episode and we might get one more out of him before he goes I don't know but I just want to take a moment to thank Kian for being a legend yeah this this podcast uh, he, he gave it a, he gave it its vibe yeah. from the first time uh we kind of met i think i think the first time i met you we were going to record this podcast so yes uh you know and he and he, he's a really important part of the the team and, and it, he made he made it work um when i had no idea about any of this stuff so <laughs> it was it's fantastic and look the, the most important thing is is you go out and you can come back and when you come back you bring back 
Yeah. That's that's the important stuff, you know. So we'll be we'll be losing Keen, we're losing his gorgeous dog. Crazy. We'll be we'll be, uh, but you know he'll come back. And um, one of the one of the lovely things is that the um, the vibe of the podcast, which he was a big part of, will keep going, you know. And so uh-huh. in that way, a little bit of impact, you know, uh, uh, in, in the future too. So yeah, he's look, not- I, I just can't wish him wish him anything other than the best. Oh, he's not allowed to leave the WhatsApp group either. No. God, no, God no! Can you imagine how boring the WhatsApp with me going? Here's another podcast. Here's a chart. I sent you a chart yesterday. I you know? did. I I looked at it and all, yeah. and I yeah, it's quite interactive. Um, but yeah. listen, uh, Ian Reinhardt, you have been an absolute legend and a joy to work with, and we you do have. hope. We wish you well in your future endeavors and we do hope to work with you again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, and in case anyone was listening to this podcast in the future and the last episode, we were wondering if we had a government. We do. And oh yeah, we do. Weeks yeah. later. But enough about that. Back to Kean. Kean, you're marvelous and wonderful. And until next we meet, Steve, have a good one. You too. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Kean Reinhardt, theme tune composed and performed by David Blake. Follow Stephen Kinsler on Twitter at Stephen Kinsler, he's a Stephen with a PH, Anne Blake at Anne Blake78, she is an Anne with no E, and the Limerick Post at Limerick Post. If you have any questions, you can get to any of these Twitter accounts or follow the hashtag Anne Steve Talk.